0: I'm Virginia Allen. I'm Samantha Sherris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Tuesday, November 7th. Here are today's headlines. It is Election Day here in the USA. In Kentucky, Democrat Governor Andy Brashear, who is an incumbent, faces a challenge from Republican Daniel Cameron. Brashear was elected in November of 2019 and served as Kentucky's attorney general from 2016 to 2019, according to Ballotpedia. Cameron currently serves as the state's attorney general and is the first African American elected to a standalone statewide office in Kentucky's history, according to his campaign website. Meanwhile, in Mississippi, Republican incumbent governor Tate Reeves is facing a challenge from Democrat Brandon Presley. According to Presley's campaign website, in 2007, he was elected to the Public Service Commission as the youngest commissioner ever elected in Mississippi history. And in the Buckeye State, voters will weigh in on Ohio Issue 1, also known as the right to make reproductive decisions, including abortion initiative. Our colleague Mary Margaret Olihan previously reported that the initiative would ban the state from interfering with reproductive decisions, including abortion, effectively enshrining the right to abortion into Ohio's Constitution. The proposed constitutional amendment is pushed by groups like the ACLU of Ohio and Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights, neither of which responded to requests for comment from the Daily Signal. The Heritage Foundation's Sarah Parshall Perry and Thomas Jipping have recently written for the Daily Signal that the key word in the title of this proposal is including, because it is about much more than just abortion. Its backers hope that the focus on abortion will distract voters from the other left-wing policy aims hidden in this Trojan horse. In Virginia, each of the 100 seats in the state's House of Delegates and 40 seats in the state Senate are up for election, according to NBC Washington. Democrats currently control the Virginia State Senate, while Republicans control the state's House of Delegates. Our colleague Fred Lucas will be reporting on today's election results, so be sure to check out his reporting tonight at DailySignal.com. A Jewish man is dead after an altercation at a pro-Israeli,
1: pro-Palestinian event over the weekend. That's according to the Ventura County Sheriff's Office. In a press release on Monday, the office said that a 69-year-old man identified as Paul Kessler died as a result of injuries sustained during an altercation at a pro-Israeli, pro-Palestinian event, both of which were occurring simultaneously at the intersection of Westlake Boulevard and Thousand Oaks Boulevard. The release continued that on November 5th, 2023, at approximately 3.20 p.m., multiple citizens called the Ventura County Sheriff's Communication Center to report a battery that had oops to report a battery had occurred at the intersection of Westlake Boulevard and Thousand Oaks Boulevard in the city of Thousand Oaks. The release added that upon arrival, responding deputies located Kessler, who was suffering from a head injury. Witness accounts indicated that Kessler was involved in a physical altercation with counter protester or protesters. During the altercation, Kessler fell backwards and struck his head on the ground. Kessler was transported to an area hospital for advanced medical treatment. On November 6, 2023, Kessler succumbed to his injuries. Ventura County Sheriff Jim Freihoff spoke earlier today at a press conference. Let's take a listen to what he had to say via the Ventura County Sheriff Office's YouTube.
2: The suspect was identified, willingly remained at the scene, and was interviewed by deputies. The suspect was cooperative and indicated he was involved in an altercation with Mr. Kessler. The suspect further stated that he was one of the reporting parties who called 911, requesting medical attention for Mr. Kessler. Several witnesses were contacted at the northwest corner of the intersection where the Shell gas station is located. And they were interviewed. These witnesses providing conflicting statements about what the altercation and who the aggressor was. Some of the witnesses were pro-Palestine, while others were pro-Israel. During the investigation at the scene, deputies determined that the altercation with Mr. Kessler, he fell backward and struck his head on the ground. What exactly transpired prior to Mr. Kessler falling backward isn't crystal clear right now. At 4.02 p.m., a deputy and sergeant arrived at Los Robles Hospital where Mr. Kessler was being treated. Soon after, the deputy still at Westlake Boulevard in Thousand Oaks cleared the scene. Mr. Kessler was listed as being in critical condition by Los Robles Hospital staff. However, he was still conscious when contacted by deputies at the hospital. At 5.32 p.m., the deputies at the hospital cleared the call and documented the incident pending follow-up investigation by detectives from the Thousand Oaks Police Department. On November 6th, at approximately 2.43 a.m., the Sheriff's Communication Center received a call from the hospital staff in reference to the earlier incident involving Mr. Kessler. At 2.53, a patrol deputy and sergeant arrived at the hospital and were told that Mr. Kessler had succumbed to his injuries. At 3 a.m., investigators from the Major Crimes Bureau were notified of the circumstances surrounding Mr. Kessler's death, and they immediately launched an investigation.
1: We will keep you updated as this story develops.
0: Nashville Police Chief John Drake confirmed that leaked pages of the Nashville shooter's manifesto are real. Our colleague Mary Margaret O'Lehan reported back in March that armed with two rifles and a handgun, the killer shot through the school's locked door at about 10 a.m. on Monday. That's according to Fox's reporting. The shooter then went upstairs to the second floor, where she reportedly opened fire. Mary Margaret Olihan has been reporting updates from the shooting that again happened back in March. And on Monday, she reported that commentator Steve Crowder posted photographs of pages that he said were part of the manifesto of the school shooter. In a statement released on Monday, Drake said, I am greatly disturbed by today's unauthorized release of three pages of writings from the Covenant shooter. This police department is extremely serious about the investigation to identify the person responsible. And the statement continued, this action showed a total disregard for Covenant families, as well as the court system, which has control of the shooter's journals at the present time due to litigation filed earlier this year. It is now pending in Davis County Chancery Court and the Tennessee Court of Appeals. And for our final story today,
1: the House Judiciary Committee and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government released a report on Monday titled The Weaponization of Disinformation Pseudo-Experts and Bureaucrats, How the Federal Government Partnered with Universities to Censor Americans' Free Speech. According to a House Judiciary Committee press release, the report reveals how the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and the Global Engagement Center, coordinated with Stanford University and other entities to create the Election Integrity Partnership to censor American speech in the lead-up to the 2020 election. The release also says that the report outlines how the Election Integrity Project also known as EIP, was created in the summer of 2020 to provide a way for the federal government to launder its censorship activities in hopes of bypassing both the First Amendment and public scrutiny, and that the report also reveals for the first time internal emails from EIP members stating that the EIP was created at the request of DHS and Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan posted on X that the federal government disinformation experts at universities, big tech, and others worked together through the Election Integrity Partnership to monitor and censor American speech. You can find a link to the full report in today's show
0: notes. With that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for being with us here at The Daily Signal for top news.
1: If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts and leading conservative voices.
0: I am thrilled tomorrow morning to be sitting down with Congresswoman Julia Letlow of Louisiana to talk about the Parents' Bill of Rights and why we're at a moment in history, why we so desperately need a Parents' Bill of Rights.
1: Also, make sure you subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts, and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback.
0: Thanks again for being with us today. Have a great night. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning for my conversation with Congresswoman Julia Letlow.
2: The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation.